Tokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about episodes 110 to 115 of the original Sailor Moon anime. So, little change of plans. We were going to do... This episode was supposed to be nine episodes, and the next episode was supposed to be nine episodes, so we could wrap up Sailor Moon S. Uh, but these are some pretty content-heavy episodes, and I don't want to edit another two-hour episode. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty meaty, unlike uh, the first part of the season. <laughs> yeah, the first part of the season was basically just like, and then stuff happens, and then there's a diamond, and then there's a heart crystal, and anyway, it's fine. And yeah. heart can be Cheerio or jerks. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can tell because there's, there's a huge art change. Like, we've we've had all of R, which was pretty ugly, and now, mm-hmm. like, the quality has... It, it spiked, and it's continued to spike, so... Yeah, but what's interesting is the art is only better quality when it comes to the outers. Uh, no, like, there's some... Well, it, I feel like... It's definitely stays pretty consistent with them, but, um... There's some scenes where everybody just looks gorgeous. It almost reminds me of, like, um, like, PlayStation and PlayStation 2 era of, um, cutscenes, where you'd have, mm-hmm. like, the, the, most of the episode, like, the filler parts of the episodes are, are still kind of crummy, but then they'll have, yeah. like, these really serious moments, and it's like, the art shoots way up in quality. <laughs> right, so, um, like, this episode, episode 110 is one of those where it's just, like, really great art the whole yeah. way through. Yeah. And I do want to point out that um, I actually watched the opening. Usually I skip the opening because it's, like, two extra minutes that I can skip. Uh, but I was not paying attention until the opening played, and I realized, oh, now they have Pluto showing up in the opening, and then mm-hmm. they have Chibi Moon showing up after they show Tuxedo Mask, and then in place of, like, Kaoli Knights, you know, doing, like, a cackle with her hair going up, it's Hotaru. And then it ends with Super Sailor Moon appearing. I'm like, the whole opening is a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't know, then it's not, you know, like, but you're kind of like, okay, so that's important, that's important, that's important. But Super Sailor Moon has not appeared yet. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of poor for the course, because like, every single mm-hmm. episode has that little in the beginning it's got like that sample of the episode which is like Mm -hmm. why are you spoiling the episode before we watch it it's got that annoying like this is like one of the one of the few melodies from from sailor moon that i dislike it's the it's like you know Mm -hmm. it's annoying it plays and then we see clips of the episode we're about to watch and then we get to finally watch the episode and you're just like why are you spoiling this before we even get into it? It is, like, a very weird choice that, like, Sailor Moon holds on to for the entirety of its series. And it's just, like, how much... Okay. Like, we're having a clip show of the episode that we haven't watched yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's So, uh, if you want to watch Sailor Moon but don't want to actually put any time into it, uh, skip the opening, watch, like, the episode uh, summary that they give before the episode actually plays, and then quit. <laughs> And then watch the next, and then watch the next time, and then you're good. Yeah, exactly. And then just repeat ad nauseum. Yeah. Anyway, so this episode is a big deal. It's titled um, The Death of Uranus and Neptune. And Haruka and Michiru are really super gay in this episode. <laughs> um, 
I, I put in my notes that it genuinely feels like Utena and Anthe here. It does. And, it has uh, a strong feel of that. It's very like, somber. It's a very somber episode all around. Yeah, like, everybody everybody is dealing with, like, reveals and every, it's it's a lot. But then we see Udiel, who's doing her research on, like, 90s era three-inch floppies. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm just like, wow, these people were working off of megabytes. Like, good for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, Udiel overhears uh, the other Witches 5 talk shit about her, which was prompted by Mimet, because Mimet is going to kill her. And they all kind of, like, again, ageism is a is a big thing. Like, it's constantly used against both bad guys and good guys of, like, you're an old lady, you're an old hag. Um, I don't want to talk about ageism and stuff, not, but I found it really interesting, be- considering that in the manga, Udiel has the lowest level, and so them acting like she's the oldest and the worst because she's old felt very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. she decides she's not going to tell her whole team about, like, all of the information she learned because they're talking shit about her, so, you know. She's trying to get a it's leg fine. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is the era of the phone book, uh, Udiel finds Haruka's phone number and uh, calls her. <laughs> and the me- and the machine picks up and she does, like, this whole villain speech and then the machine cuts her off and she's, like, the recording time is- she calls back. The message machine picks up again. And she's like, the recording time was too short, and then continues, yeah, uh, basically threatening to reveal everything. And also, she now knows where the talismans are, and tells Haruka, you know, like you're innocent to better show up in this location. And the Michiru comes into this room, looking like she just had a shower, and I'm just like, this is intensely gay. <laughs> like I'm like, did these two like come home and have sex, and like Michiru was cleaning up? <laughs> and that's when you deal like that's that's the vibe that we got like they did a lot of hand stuff where i'm like this is like this feels inappropriate it's just hand it's- they're like holding hands but in a very sensual way yeah i'm like wow this is really intense yeah <laughs> anyway like it's just all capital letters in my notes gay uh yeah <laughs> But there's this overall sadness between them that they feel like today is the day, you know, that talisman are going to be found. And that just creates mm-hmm. a somberness because they know that that means somebody is going to die. Yeah, but again, like, <laughs> we'll talk about it in their character episodes. Like, I, it's fine. Um, <laughs> we cut to all of the inners who are all like reacting to like the identity reveal in different ways, and then we end with Usagi, and we finally see Shingo. Yeah, and I know. And Usagi, and I'm like, oh my god, he's alive! My yeah, boy Shingo. <laughs> I have down on my notes, Shingo still exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's yelling at Usagi, which is like perfect because Haruka is calling, and so. Haruka's like, yeah, we've been called out by Udiel to go to this place. The talismans are going to be revealed. Or I don't think she even tells her that. She's just basically like, we need to meet up. And Isagi's like, okay. And Isagi tells Chibiusa because Chibiusa and Mamori talk about whether or not that's a good idea. But Isagi's already gone. And yeah. Isagi meets up with the two. And they're like, uh, don't get it in our way. And then Haruka freaking assaults her and steals her brooch. Yeah, rude. And then they transform and jump into a helicopter, and it didn't occur to me until I was writing the notes, because I was just like, wait a minute, who's 
He was piloting the helicopter. Like, a helicopter just descended after they transformed and took Sailor Uranus and Neptune to this church out on the sea. And I'm like, what is happening? You think they can't <laughs> Who's afford- piloting? You think they can't afford an Alfred, Isha? You know they have an Alfred. <laughs> Still, I'm just like, I feel like this I, would- I don't know. I, I want to know. Oh, I'm well overthinking this. I want to know who their gay Alfred is. That's what I want to know. For sure. And then we see Setsuna Mayo. We see Sailor Pluto, but in, um, not in a transformed state, in mm-hmm. a lavender skirt suit and talking cryptic shit to Usagi. And Usagi's like, who are you? And she's like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm friends with them. I've known them for a very long time. Have you, though? <laughs> and she's, she um, right? offers to help her get to Haruka and Michiru. Um, but I do want to comment before we move on from this scene. They meet up with, uh, they invite Sailor Moon, well, Usagi. They invite Usagi to meet at a um, an aquarium. And it's really beautifully animated, and it, but it's minimum animation. So you have these big panels of, of glass where the, the fish are, and there's this huge variety of fish, but they're just kind of like, you can tell the cells are just kind of be being drug across the, you know, so they're, they're stagnant, but they're moving, you know, it's like when you take a paper Mm -hmm. doll and you're just moving the paper doll across. It's, it's very, it's very effective, but it's like, it's interesting how they got so much detail, but minimum animation to make it look that nice. You know, I, I like how creative, some anime can be with their budgets because this scene is really pretty but there's very little movement until like haruka attacks and grabs the brooch you know mm-hmm. so anyways it's just it's a really any of the stills from that scene are really gorgeous and to watch it in motion is very interesting to see how they they navigated that you know working with their budget you know Mm-hmm. So, it's truly a beautiful episode it really is even just when they flash to each of the inner senshi because um we only get flashes of each of them going about their days but um there's this sadness because uh you know they now know that their friends haruka and michiru really can't really aren't friends they have to to face the fact that those two friends that they all cherish are the same people as the the senshi Sailor Moon, I mean Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus, who they've been seeing as enemies. Like Usagi's mm-hmm. been wanting them to all be friends, but the inner sense you're like, yeah, you guys, we don't need you. Get out of here. You wanna, you, you don't want to join our team. We don't need you on our team. You know. Right. So these these people have been the same people the whole time. So there's that sadness, mm-hmm. and there's another. There, there's also kind of this underlying sadness that everybody feels like something is gonna happen. So, mm-hmm. but all the clips to everybody, those little moments, everybody's animated so pretty, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, episode one ten and one eleven are so beautifully mm-hmm. animated that. It's so easy to get caught up in the emotion of every scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, everything works really well together. Um, anyway, like Uranus and Neptune uh, take their helicopter to the this marine church, which is a, 
It's gorgeous. I honestly just like was like, this is amazing. It's under construction. It's got like huge. There's just a lot of big like Catholic church vampire energy here. And I, I remember sitting there thinking like, this is Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> but ocean themed. In the, uh, the English dub, they called it a sea cathedral. Which I thought was... Oh, that's much better than what they called it in in Japanese. I think it was like Marine Cathedral or something like that. Oh, yeah. I feel like Sea I don't know. It was Marine something. I don't know if it was church or cathedral or something, but like it was Marine something and Sea Cathedral sounds better. Yeah. So in in Uh. the dub, it's Sea Cathedral. So I thought it was some kind of... It's like... Is it a theme park? I have no idea. It literally, <laughs> it literally only exists for, like, aesthetic. Yeah. Again, there's nobody here. Like, we don't even see, like, active construction. It's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's literally just, like, this exists because uh, we want to have a cool place for all these things to happen. Yeah. And it's got all... Can you imagine, oh. can you imagine, like, it, like, the construction for most of the things is pretty much done. They just have, like, a few things. And, like, the people who are working on this cathedral like show up like on monday morning and they're like what the fuck actually (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah especially like uh, i thought well i guess it's not a spoiler because we're literally about to talk about it because i thought there's a point when Mm -hmm. like udl uh died and i'm thinking uh i mean now that you mentioned that it's like could you imagine them showing up on monday and like finding this crushed alien woman underneath like a a beam be like right the fuck you know it's like i don't want to call the police <laughs> yeah and then only to find that she's like she doesn't exist you know right it's so bizarre uh it, anyway so neptune and uranus like confront udiel udiel's like haha like the whole place is booby trapped like, the whole place is booby trapped and she's like you guys are the ones with talismans and uranus like correctly is like uh, talismans belongs to those who are pure of heart. Have you met us? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's like a big battle. There's, you know, and Neptune is basically doing her level best to protect Uranus and essentially like pushes Uranus out of the way at the last moment. So she gets shot by uh, the little pure heart gun that Udiel has. Yeah. And we finally see the deep aqua mirror. Yep. She pulls the Sailor Moon sacrifice, you know? Yeah. The martyrdom theme we have running throughout the series. (laughs) Yeah, and there's these weird, like, cherub panels that, like, shoot out something. I don't know if it's arrows or what, because we don't actually see the projectiles. There's no blood, but she gets, we see kind of, like, this red and black silhouetted form of, like, Neptune getting hit multiple times by these darts i guess yeah um it's a it's actually pretty upsetting it felt really violent to me yeah yeah it's it's um it's as violent as they can get and still get past the censors is what it is Mm-hmm. it's definitely a this is a show airing at seven o'clock on a saturday for children right right but just so you, you know, know the stakes are high and they're getting you know they're getting fucked up so exactly and so Deepak Ramirez shows up, and then and then out of nowhere, Usagi comes and tackles Udiel and like pushes her off something, and Udiel falls. They're they're and... standing on some like long dramatic bridge over an abyss in like a a um, chapel type looking area, and uh, like yeah, Usagi like charges in and just like tackles her off the edge of it. 
I bet you this cathedral was built by that Englishman who was like, mm, aesthetics. Yeah. I just want a big aesthetic <laughs> church. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be safe to have a giant pit underneath this bridge? No. Nah. He's like, mm-mm. He's like, it's fine. That's why we have the bridge to go over the pit. Aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, Saki pushes Udiel off, but and Udiel drops like the talisman gun at, or the pure heart gun, and Isagi is trying to tell Uranus like, you know, like we can find another way. We can put this back inside Neptune, and Uranus is like, no, if the talisman's in her, there's one in me, and I have to do this, and then shoots herself, <laughs> and we get the space sword. And then it, the episode closes, uh, showing us uh, Setsuna in her little lavender skirt suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... And Izaki's distraught. Yeah. It's very intense and depressing. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the kind of thing that we remember this, uh, this season for. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next episode, episode 111, even though uh, she just shot herself with pure heart crystal gun, uh, Haruka is still conscious and is begging Usagi to find the third talisman to take it to the Messiah. And I know this is supposed to be touching. Like, this is a touching moment that, like, you know, even though Haruka is like, I'm about to die because the talisman is out of me now, uh, she's still trying to save the world in some way. But I'm all I could feel was annoyance that Sailor Uranus and Neptune don't know the purpose of being a senshi to protect their princess. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, how do you... How, well, do, how are we still here? Well, no, I, th- I think she's already established that their mission is different. You know? No, but they fully don't know anything. Because, like, this comes up later when um, Pluto finally teams up with them and presumably ah. fills them in in the background. They fully don't have any knowledge of... Like, why, what Sailor Moon is, who the inner century are. Like, they don't seem to understand. Ah, uh, okay, that's, yeah, no, that's a good point. They, they just, they literally just know their mission and that's it. And the thing is, like, they don't they're, even know that mission well enough. Yeah. Yeah, like, we find, find the pure it, hearts, find the talisman, save the world, right? That, find the messiah, yeah, the messiah right? will save the world. And it's just, it's just, it bugs the crap out of me. I don't know, it's. Anyway, so the talismans <laughs> are out. Usagi's crying over them. Uh, Haruka does, like, pass her brooch back to her, where it's just like, I guess you can have this back now. Uh, anyway, Udiel, who fell, pops back up, because of course she does, grabs the talismans. I love that she shoves, she puts the sword on her head, and she shoves the mirror, like, into her boob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, into her cleavage. Yeah, and it's just, like, right there up against, like, her right boob. Uh, and... Yeah. Like, the inner senshi show up because, of course, like, there has been communication, and, uh, they're like, we're gonna fight you, and then Yudiel's like, I've powered up my fire gun, and so she does <laughs> Firebuster, which completely encases them, and, uh, Mercury correctly tries to do, uh, Shine Aqua Illusion, which doesn't work, and then Mars is For like, fight fire with fire! It's, it's literally just like, we just... And it's so annoying because then Shibiusa comes in with Luna P, like Tuxedo Mask and Shibi Moon show up, and then she shouts Luna P to do a fire extinguisher, and that works. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Chibi Moon, whose pink sugar heart attack can't do any damage, suddenly can put out this fire. Whereas when, Mercury. When Mercury who can is not. In, yeah. 
Yeah, it bugs the it bugged the crap out of me. Like, anyway, they all chase after Udiel. Uh, Sailor Moon is bringing up the rear, and uh, Udiel throws out this sticky trap. So it feels very reminiscent of like Western nineties cartoons with quicksand. Where <laughs> again, I feel like people of our age are like, I thought quicksand was going to be a bigger problem than it actually is. Uh (laughs) (laughs) um but it's a sticky trap and so like they all get stuck in this adhesive and like chibi moon eventually just kind of like falls flat on her face and so sailor moon because she's bringing up the rear doesn't get stuck and so she jumps on all of her friends except for mercury (laughs) (laughs) who's the person who's the most upright and therefore her back can't serve as like a jump off point (laughs) yeah and runs after her and you and you know she's like i'm gonna stop you and Yudiel's like your power can't defeat mine because it's been upgraded and she doesn't mean spiral heart attack and this doesn't have any music Mm. and so it's just like you know it's not going to work because there's no music right and so Firebuster comes in and blocks the spiral heart attack they cancel each other out Sailor Moon is horrified the other sentry catch up and then all of a sudden Satsuna in her little skirt suit shows up and she's like yeah anyway and then does Pluto Planet Power makeup we get Sailor Pluto. She's like, anyway, uh, the third talisman is right here because Udiel's like, I just need to find the third one because I already have two. And Pluto's like, uh, this is the third one and puts pulls the garnet orb off of her staff and is like, here you go. And Udiel's like, I need to get it. And she, Pluto's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then it does this thing where it resonates and the, the mirror and the sword come to the garnet orb. And Pluto takes out the heart crystals from within the talismans and returns them to Uranus and Neptune. Yeah, she when she when she summons the other two talismans to her, it actually summons Haruka and Michiru to that location. So they've been in a separate room this whole time, but it's kind of like when the talismans are brought together, the three of them are brought together as well. So that's that's how mm-hmm. they suddenly show up there. And they regain consciousness, and and things start to and, progress again. Right, and so they combine the powers of their talismans. They, it does, like, this triangulation resonation thing, and it cuts really briefly to a little girl all in black screaming in pain as these talismans awaken, and mm-hmm. then we cut back, and this little pyramid of light from all three talismans forms the Holy Grail. Yep. And then for, like, a million years, Udiel and Sailor Moon run to grab it because uh, it's up for grabs. <laughs> Whoever takes it is the one who gets all the power. Uh, and it takes 100,000 years for them to run maybe 20 feet. Well, everything's on fire again. Yeah, but there's a clear path. Yeah, but everything's on fire again. <laughs> Sure. So Udiel does her attack, and that's why it's the only the two of them, or who are rushing to go get it, because everybody else is being attacked by fire. Like nobody's burning, but there's like fire mm-hmm. everywhere, and they're trapped. So like everybody's trapped in fire. Yeah. But yeah, my one complaint is th- there's there's a lot of odd contrivances throughout this season, and I think that's just kids sh- kids shows in this era in general. Where it's like, the senshi show up, they don't get to do anything, they go down the hall, they get trapped, they get in the room and they're on fire, 
And even like 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 you said, there's that moment where Mercury can actually like extinguish the fire, but for whatever reason she can't. So we've got the whole gang there, but the only two characters that are actually being active in the scene are Udiel and Sailor Moon. And it's been like that through like basically the past episode and a half where honestly nobody else needs to be there, but they mm-hmm. want them there. They want everybody to witness everything, I guess, you know? Yeah, but they're it's, not it's active participants. Really annoying. Yeah, it's like you have all of our favorite characters there, but they're not active participants in the story at this point. They're just witnesses. Right. It's almost like now that they have so many characters, they don't know how to juggle all of them within mm-hmm. the story, how to use them effectively. So they just kind of keep um uh, like disabling them so they're not they're there but not doing anything. So they only have to deal with these two character interactions instead, you know? Yeah, so. it's really it's really frustrating. Anyway, yeah. Sailor Moon gets to the Grail. She does crisis makeup. We get Super Sailor Moon. She suppresses all of the fire. When Udiel tries to attack again, she just holds out a hand and blocks it. Does she do? She does. Does she do a Rainbow Moon heartache at this point? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, we don't get a Rainbow Moon heartache. Um, I mean, we might. Anyway, Udiel retreats. She's like, okay, I have to share this information with the rest of the Deathbusters. She gets in her car, drives off, and then she gets a little phone call in her car from Mimet. Uh He's like, you failed too many times. Um, anyway, we don't need you anymore. And Udiel's like, what's going on? And she tries to break, and the brakes have been cut, and, and she that, does. <laughs> and that's exacerbated because she's fleeing the scene. So she is mm-hmm. like, she's flooring it. She's flooring it to get out there. She's, like, on these windy mountain roads, and she goes to break. And, like, the brakes haven't just been cut. There is a hole where the brake once was. A hole in the bottom of her vehicle. So, yeah, she gets... She goes... She, she flies off the, uh... She flies off the cliff. And, uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... It's pretty brutal. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, to add insult to injury, like, early in the episode when uh, she was basically being bullied by, uh, not early in the episode, the previous episode, she was basically being bullied by Mehmet. She had found, like, snails in her locker. And so, like, alongside mm-hmm. the... And, like, pins in her shoes. Pins in her shoes. And, like, so alongside this hole in her vehicle, there's, like, a couple snails and a note. So you know who it's from. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's gone, and it wasn't. It was not the heroes. She was. Uh, she was murked by one of her coworkers. So that's a thing. Which is like some really strong, like Rubius vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Where Rubius is like, "I'm going to take you all down with me," but like secretly saved himself. And then Esmeralda's like, "Yeah, anyway, you're dead. Friendly fire. Bye." Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to the other century, Sailor Moon, Super Sailor Moon's transformation fades, and Usagi kind of falls to her knees, and Uranus and Neptune just decide, like, oh, that means you're not the Messiah because you got tired. Yeah, I, I don't know why they come to that conclusion, but they're like, oh, if it was the true Messiah, they'd be able to wield infinite power, so you must not be the true Messiah. Okay. Which is just like, how did you come to that conclusion when you didn't even know the talismans were inside of yourself? Like, right. Clearly, you know nothing, and Pluto stays completely silent. 
And they also, uh, like, they, they've got it so wrong. You know, it's like everything you've thought so far has been wrong. Like, you thought that the people, you thought the talismans would be in somebody else, for one thing. You thought they were associated mm-hmm. with pure hearts. And you thought that whoever had it removed for them would inevitably die. You thought people had to die. Nobody has died except UDL, and that's not because of a pure heart crystal thing. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's been but, extremely frustrating. But, you know, the audience already knows. Like, we know who our main character is. But they, they, now, mm-hmm. they have to, now they have to look for the messiah. But Yeah, the episode ends with, like, we met talking to Professor Tomoe. Because she's like, well, the grail has been found, but it's in the hands of the good guys. And Professor Tomoe is like, it doesn't matter. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if it was in the hands of the right person, or, like, in, from their perspective, the wrong person, then their entire organization would be destroyed. Yeah. Because they would be, you know, gotten rid of. And it's just like, well, interesting logic there, Professor Tumway, but whatever, you're not in your right mind. It's fine. Yeah. So they, um, one thing they bring up, which is interesting, is that they need to bring forward their own messiah. Um, you know, the next, beginning of the next episode, they reiterate this. And they, um, in the, at least in the English dub, they call it their messiah of silence. So, yeah. um, they start off, they start off the next episode basically reiterating the same thing, that the bad guys need to bring forth their own messiah of silence in order to wield the holy grail. Because only, you know, these people called messiahs can wield the grail now, you know, instead mm-hmm. of a messiah. So it's, yeah, it's, so yeah, it's just these two people. There are two messiahs. One is of good, one is of evil. Yeah. And the evil one is silence. Yeah. So, which leads us into episode 112, uh, which, again, is where we start with the bad guys. And now they start explaining, like, their new motive. Um, so, they're mm-hmm. going to continue to search for pure heart crystals, but it's because they need that power for the Messiah of Silence to regain her strength. So, um, Right. So, we prefer- see, like... We see a little girl on a throne surrounded by dolls and stuffed animals, which is very, like, has a really creepy vibe. And I'm like, I don't know why you guys just didn't do this from the start. <laughs> you know? I was like, I guess, like, it has very, like, like Professor Tomoe is talking to, like, the evil little girl who is, like, really obviously Hotaru, but, like, possessed. And I'm just like, why didn't we just do this from the beginning? And I'm wondering if it's because it was, like, too much barrel metallia vibes and they didn't want it to be like oh we're just doing this again but it's like but you are though <laughs> yeah i think it's probably because they wanted to leave and in, lean into the whole evil scientist thing probably that's yeah. been kind of the thing is it's it's been like even though they have the witches five the witches have not been magical at all you know no they're they they decided that they're all lab assistants now so they totally changed mm-hmm. the aesthetic, and I think that's probably a big part of it. They're like, they we got a cool idea for the aesthetic for the bad guys for this season, you know? Right. So. I don't know. Anyway, so we have Mimet. Mimet has taken Yidil's place. I love Mimet. Mimet is like if uh, Minako was evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, anyway, they're going after pure hearts. So Professor Tomoe is like, we need to find pure hearts to give to our person. And Mimet's like, sure. And she decides that all, everyone with a pure heart are the idols that she follows. So actors, musicians, like, 
if she loves them, if she's a fan, they're getting their hearts stolen. It's amazing. Um, the diamonds are being pre-prepared, uh, but they've been powered up. So all of them start with the letter U, which I'm assuming means ultra. Mm. Uh, and the little diamond microwave that turns things into diamonds, uh, they put like an old-timey Western revolver, and we get the diamond U Western. Uh-huh. But, like, the way it's pronounced in Japanese, like, there's no W. It's just Western. Yeah. So it sounds like the word Western. It's amazing. I don't, I love this diamond. Yeah. <laughs> I love all of these ultra diamonds. They're amazing. It, it seems like they pronounced it probably about the same in the dub. Mm-hmm. We cut to the good guys. And shockingly, Pluto shows up and she's like, I'm going to give you guys some background. <laughs> I'm like, finally, communication at last. But only so much. Only so much. She does some exposition about the Grail. She's like, I'm here because um, something has changed, uh, which is kind of in line with the manga, of which is going to jeopardize the future. So I'm here to course correct. We need to find, we have the Grail. We need to find the Messiah or the future will be ruined. And then she leaves with Uranus and Neptune. Uh, and Chibisha shows a blade to the shrine. She's like, I wanted to see Pooh. Because remember, in the anime, Pluto didn't die at the end of Sailor Moonar. Yeah, so she's just so apart. Yeah, she's like, I wanted to go to the park with my best friend, essentially. And Minako's like, which park? And she's like, this park. Minako's like, I'll go with you. And immediately all the other inners are like, okay, you don't want to do stuff like this without an ulterior motive. So what's happening at this park? Yeah, they're like, so what's Uh, happening at the park, Mina? (laughs) (laughs) And she reveals, you know, they're doing some filming of a movie with an actor that she likes. So all of them go to the park. Chibiusa's is like, I just wanted to hang out at the park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. So like all of them are just watching the filming and then Chibiusa's hat gets blown away. And I actually prefer the way this happens in the anime compared to the manga. Because like in the manga, her hat gets blown away at the amusement park and she runs like, what, five miles to catch it. Yeah, we, yeah, she yeah. Does She's the only person who mentions Ikuko Mama, by the way. Ikuko Mama exists, but we never see her. Right, right. Yeah, this scene, I, I, I do, I agree. Because in the, the manga, you're like, why is anybody, why isn't anyone watching this kid? Like, Mamoru, you lost your child. She's, like, running several blocks away into people's, like, yard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So her hat and- blows away, she runs after it, and Hotaru is just sitting on a park bench enjoying sunshine, and she sees, like, this hat blowing. She's like, oh, let me get this hat for this tiny child, and, like, runs after it and grabs it. But uh, it's too bad, because Hotaru is not physically well, and she's like, I got it, and then, like, immediately collapses. Yeah, it's like it exhausts her right away. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, in the park, Mimet is trying to get close to the actor. His groupies are like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. And I guess they're filming a Western, which I think is, that's fun. That's cute. It's really cute. They've got, like, they're in the park recording this. I mean, but they have a giant, like, backdrop, you know? So it's like, right. why are you doing this, like, at a park on at a location when you'd probably be better off doing this in a studio? Is if you're not going to use the park as the setting, because they're not using the park as a setting. Right. I don't know. I don't care, honestly. And, and in fairness, a lot of like classic Hollywood westerns are basically just ripoffs of Japanese samurai movies. Uh, there's a good handful. 
So it's just like full circle, full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the best known ones definitely are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Mimet's like, I've got to attack this actor, pulls out you Western, uh, or Western, and Western, like, sucks the heart crystal out of this dude. So there's no, UD, there's no gun, like, she sucks it out and then swallows it. Oh yeah, because they discuss that the, that's going to be their new technique, that way it's harder for them to, um, for the good guys to get it back, you know? Yeah. So they like the- Which is smart. Yeah, yeah, Tomoe uh, explained it earlier um, in a really funny way. But yeah, yeah, yeah so she uh, she swallows it. Yeah, um, Moon Spiral Heart Attack doesn't work on this diamond, and so Sailor Moon has to do Crisis Makeup to become Super Sailor Moon, and we get our first, oh, before the transformation in the first Rainbow Moon Heartache, we hear dead scream, but we don't see the full attack sequence. So Pluto uh-huh. does a dead scream at Western to distract, then tells Sailor Moon to transform, turns into Super Sailor Moon, does her first Rainbow Moon heartache. And Chibiusa, like, is seeing all this happening, and she's like, I can't go and help it transform because I'm with this person. Um, and so it's, like, protecting Hotaru in her regular civilian form, and at some point, like, scrapes her leg. And weirdly, in a reverse of what happens in the manga, Hotaru heals her leg. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, anyway, they decide to become friends. And then we see Professor Tumwe, you know, being, you know, hearing about the, the failure of Western and we met. And uh, he, or I don't think we see that first. We see a regular Professor Tumwe because Chibiusa takes Hataru home. And it's this dude with white hair and like this yeah. weird like eye thing. Uh, and I'm 100% certain that uh, Pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh!, I'm 100% certain that that manga cup fully lifted that from Sailor Moon. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. It looks really cool, but it didn't really serve much of purpose. But yeah, he's got like, right. he's got his glasses and one of them has like a panel that has like an eye on it. And it looks really mm-hmm. cool, but we have no idea why. Aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetics. <laughs> that's, that's his design in the manga. <laughs> so that's his design in the anime. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he thanks Chibiusa for bringing Hataru home. Um... And then once he takes Hataru inside, we see him go down to his lab, and he turns into this weird shadowy, sh- shadowy, shadowy cell. Speak. <laughs> there we go. And then Uranus, ne- Uranus asks, like to the outers, like, "Why are the bad guys still after pure hearts? You know, the talismans have been revealed." So, yeah. yeah. Episode one twelve in the bag. Um, I will say so, Mimet we'll see kind of a recurring theme with her because obviously she's going after uh, this actor who is uh, an idol to her. And she has this moment where she thinks she's like fallen in love and that they're in love. And um, because a very brief interaction. And so she's torn over attacking him or not. But then she sees him like uh, off to the side, kissing his co-star off screen. And, um, then she's like, well, screw this then. I thought we were in love. And so she she takes the opportunity to be like, attack him after all. And this is kind of a recurring theme where she um, she's temporarily torn over attacking these, these people. And then comes around for one reason or another. Usually jealousy. <laughs> Mimet was having intense parasocial relationships and delusions before it was cool. <laughs> 
Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, the anime writers predicted this and had no idea what was coming in like the next 20 years. Oh yeah. Yeah, now it's <laughs> rampant. Um, now it's just like so and so like cheated on so and so and I love them and now I can't watch anything with them ever again, which depending on like there are some things where I'm like I can never watch this ever again because the sight of this person's face makes me sick, but like that's well, usually when it's like a severe crime has happened. Uh, and not like, well, this person kind of did a bad thing. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, as I understand, Japanese idols, and I think some Korean idols, but I know Japanese idols in their contracts are like not allowed to have like boyfriends and girlfriends and things because it ruins the illusion oh, yeah. of them being single and available to um their fans. I think it's more intense. I think it's more intense for K-pop idols. Is it? So, yeah. so that parasocial relationship has has been there for probably a lot longer than we've had that. It issue has been rest. actively encouraged by their management. Yeah, yeah. That's... You know, like the way uh, there was this was a thing with like the boy band One Direction, where like a lot of fans were like really obsessed with two of them being together. Oh yeah, they're not. These boys aren't gay, and they're not gay for each other. Yeah, um, but they. There was a lot of harassment about it, and there was a lot of people saying, like, management is keeping them apart, and it's like, that doesn't really apply so much to the West. Yeah. You know? They're just not a thing. <laughs> but, like, K-pop and J-pop, and, you know, it, there's a lot of, like, you enter into a contract when you're, like, 12 or 13, and you're trained to debut, and that's not even guaranteed. So... This podcast isn't about like the incredibly predatory aspects of idolism in Korea and Japan, so we're not talking about it. Yeah, we won't. But uh, yeah, my only point was, you know, um, that that was already an issue, and then I feel like we kind of see it there, where um, you know she's obsessed with this guy until she realizes, oh, he has a love, he has a girlfriend. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how dare the he? Illusion- the illusion is shattered, and Mimet is furious. Mm-hmm. Uh, in episode 113, we open up the episode with Chibiusa and Isaki in the bath, and Chibiusa telling her she made a new friend, and Isaki teases her, and they fight. And it's a cute little scene. Um, and then we cut to a very serious scene, which is Mamori just kind of in a park at night, staring up at the moon. And then the outer senshi arrive, and... Uh, he then like a leaf blows across the screen and he's tuxedo mask all of a sudden and i love this but i was also like a little heartbroken because i wish they would reuse his like his henshin scene of like the shimmery like face and him just being in a tuxedo and the hat just flying in and the landing guitar. on his head like yeah <sighs> I like the guitar. anyway it's fine it's fine i get it <laughs> i just love it mm-hmm. <laughs> him and his castanets Anyway, Pluto does some info dumping. Mama is like, why can't you guys just work together? And Uranus is like, uh, we find them annoying and just tell them to stay away and just let us do our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but you're not good at your job. <laughs> and like, one thing is, they they basically act like, you know, Sailor and the others are just getting get out of the way like they're incompetent. It's like, okay, okay. So... Every supervillain that Sailor Moon and the others have come across have been defeated. 
Every goal they've had has been accomplished. You guys have been here for what? Less than a year? And everything you've set out to do has has failed. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't get the talismans. You didn't know where they were. You haven't found the messiah. You haven't defeated any of the bad guys. Sailor Moon keeps cleaning up after y'all. And you're still acting like she's the incompetent one. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's very frustrating. It was one of those things where I'm just like, oh, wow, the Adder Senshi theme, like, did a lot of he- heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because I'm like, you guys aren't actually as cool as I remember you being. Yeah, it's like, they're they're like, it's very much that effect, like, when you're a little kid and you have, like, that cool teenager, older cousin or something like that. And Mm -hmm. then you get to the age that they were and you realize, oh, my teenage cousin was just a dweeb after all, you know? They just look cool because I was that much younger than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking at them without the, the rosy lenses now. Yeah, we grew up. It sucks. They're still fun, but they're they're fun in a different way, you know? And they're still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just It's just kind of more like we're looking at these children and basically being like, you need to stop taking yourself so seriously. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyway, we cut to um, all of the inners talking about, like, Chibiusa asking them for help with a friend. And it's really cute because we see little things of, like, them giving her stuff to help her out when yeah. she goes to see this new friend. She wants to take, and, do like, things for her, take things to her, like, take a gift or something like it's, that. It's so cute. And, like, Jupiter's like, if I had known, I would have made something, like, more romantic than just be like, oh, I just made some cookies. You want to take some? Yeah. They all think she's getting together with a boy. Which is a fair assumption because, like, she's been going after young boys. Yeah. As friends. And so Isagi decides she wants to tag along. And it's really, it's just super cute because they all assume it's a boy. And they knock on Hitari's door. And it, it opens and we see Kaoli Knight. Yeah. And Usagi's whole heart, like, you can tell, has just dropped. She's horrified. She's scared. And then Professor Tumwe comes up and is like, like, it's just like, this is, you know, or I don't even think Professor Tumwe comes up. It's Hotaru, right? Where she's like, these are my friends. I invited them. Uh, uh yeah. And, yeah. and Usagi's like, who was that? And it's like, that's my dad's assistant, Kaori. I hate her. Yeah. I do and, like, like mood because what kind of assistant like walks around their their uh boss's home with their whole boobs out? Right. She does not dress like an assistant in any way whatsoever. So Yeah. She's she's clearly the stepmom, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't even think Hata- no, I don't think Hotari like shows up, but it's just, like we were invited by Hotari and she's like, Okay, I'll take you to the sitting room and like I'll bring some coffee and so, like they sit there forever. And Usagi at one point is just like, we still haven't gotten that coffee. And <laughs> like, and then Hataru comes in and is like, oh my god, how long have you been waiting here? Um, and because she was never told, and Hataru is like, yeah, that's my dad's assistant, Kaori. I hate her. And takes them to her room, which is very dark, but is filled with lamps. And it's this beautiful, like, glowy aesthetic. The animation's gorgeous. They are like, this is the most beautiful room we've ever been in. Um, it's and pretty. then Hotaru has an... It's so pretty. Yeah. 
And then Hataru has an attack and she collapses. And then at one point she touches Usagi's brooch and she's filled with, you know, the healing powers of the Ginsby show. And she's like, this is great. And then she gets kind of like dark and possessed. Like, I don't want to let go of this. And then they're like, hey, you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And just like, sorry about the attack. Like, I'm sorry about this. And uh, then Chibiusa is like, I brought you a present and pulls out like this new manga and she's like, here you go. <laughs> like, And Isagi looks at it and is like, oh, because um, there's a little insert. And the insert is like the mangaka is going to be at the bookstore to do signings. And Isagi's like, How, why didn't you notice this before? Like, it's still going on. We can still go. Uh-huh. And so they all rush to the bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that kind of ties in um, what's been going on with the Mehmet doing during this episode, because um, Mehmet is going after the manga artist who she's she's into, of course, she's been reading the mangas. And then she heard about the um, the signing and decided, uh, yeah, going to take his heart. Um, and again, there's a brief moment where she's like torn because she's like, well, the story won't continue. And, you know, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, she comes around and. Uh, and that leads into the fight because, you know, she's getting there and and um, Isagi and Chibiusa are getting there. But uh, Chibiusa, when when she sees what's going on, grabs Hotaru and um, takes her to go to uh, the arcade instead so that mm-hmm. Sailor Moon can handle the situation. Uh, right. Because the- she's like, mm, gotta hide. And unlike manga Chibiusa, who is just like, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, and the other senshi show. This is my secret identity. Yeah. Well, the other senshi are there because this is like a very famous manga author, so they're there for autographs as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, there's transformation. The daimon of this of this week is Yu Henshu, and I was like, I have to look this up because like this feels like an editor. So I looked up Henshu, or I looked up. I was like, what is editor in Japanese? And it is Henshu. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it's literally, like, Ultra Editor. <laughs> That's funny. There's a fight. We finally get a fully animated dead scream. Yeah, which is fun. Does it sound better in the new dub? Oh, it sounds better. Yeah, it's still, like, okay. her, her Japanese voice is just so perfect, though. But it, it sounds mm-hmm. significantly better than the old. Like, her, she still has, um, you know, in Japanese, she has a rather deep voice. Uh... I mm-hmm. wouldn't say she has like a necessarily like a super high pitch, but it's still higher in the English dub. But it's not as bad mm-hmm. as like the old dub where it's like Pluto deadly scream. <laughs> Sorry, you can mm-hmm. cut it. <laughs> it's bad. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if I cut it. I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Sorry, guys, it's bad, and that's not even yeah. like. Of course, I have a super high voice, anyways. When I when it spikes, but um, yeah. It's dead scream, it's not Pluto deadly scream, and it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's a couple octaves lower. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Anyway, we get dead scream, world shaking, deep submerge. Um, all I wrote in my notes for the rest of this episode is tuxedo mask is cool, I don't remember why. Uh, we get a rainbow moon heartache, and instead of saying lovely, Yu Henshu shouts strict deadlines. <laughs> and... I feel like that's something that, like, anybody who works in animation, publishing, 
that sort of like anyone who has to deal with a deadline probably like every adult in that room heard that diamond scream like strict deadlines and was like <laughs> yep 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 <laughs> Uh, episode 114 is where we see the witch's five sign, but the five has been plastered over to just have the number four. And instead of working, Mimet is singing and Tamoya calls her out on it. Yep. But she's like, oh no, it's, it's, uh, cause this guy has a pure heart. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after his crystal. Um, she's like, I'm doing research. It's work. She does defend, uh, she, she defends, because he's like, you know, you waste your time with so much of this, and it's like, well, I think, he's like, you waste your time with all these different idols, basically. And she's saying, well, the whole mm-hmm. reason I go after these famous people is because clearly they must have pure hearts if they're able to connect with so many people. Which, of course, is her just, like, coming up with a, with a, an excuse, but it's also, like not a bad reasoning you know so it's it's enough. it's not and she has it's, and she has to come up with that on the spot yeah yeah it's enough it's enough uh for to tomoe to be like yeah checks out you know <laughs> <laughs> uh we cut to the hikawa shrine where the girls are studying and the tv is on for some reason and it's showing the singer and they're like yeah anyway like he's de- like he there's like some Anyway, I don't know how people go crazy for idols or whatnot, which is, which feels very hypocritical of all of them. And Minako stays quiet. Artemis is like, "Hey, aren't you a fan of this dude?" She's like, "Shut up." <laughs> yeah, because by this point, they've been they've been making fun of people who are groupies, basically, and mm-hmm. she she doesn't want to admit that she's a fangirl, too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so her and and Mimit are are major fans. Wait, so. Well, the TV shows, like, oh, there's going to be public auditions for a role to work with this idol in, like, a movie or a TV show. And Minako gets like, eh! <laughs> And they're like, what's going on? She's like, nothing, nothing. And Artemis is like, you're not going to audition for this, are you? And she's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, like, Mimet and Minako both go out for this audition. Right. And um, it's cute. They get there. They're super fans. They've got on like the same shirt, and for a second, it looks like they're gonna fight and be rivals. But they, um, for a second, you think they recognize each other as Sailor Venus and we met as like a witch who's five. But they're in, but they're just recognizing the shirt that the other is wearing because it's like one of the earliest merch for this idol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's cute. They have a, a cute like geek out moment, and then they mm-hmm. they both audition. And uh, they both make it to the second round of auditions, which is surprising. Like, well, Minako nails it. No problem. Yeah, like, Minako is so good in this audition. Emmy Met just stumbles over her words and, like, can't lift her head. And it's just like, oh, you're just picking who you think is cute. But Minako gets asked an incredibly inappropriate question. She, like, introduces herself and says she's 14 and then one of the people on this judging panel says like if a director asks you out to dinner what would you do and she's like oh it wouldn't matter because i'm really good at eating i can eat anything and like fully does not understand the implication yeah. of like this guy's question she's like i'm not picky at all I, I i'll eat whatever yeah and then it cuts to this guy looking embarrassed and like the woman sitting next to him like laughing at him and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's super awkward um i was horrified yeah Mimet Mimet comes Uh, out and she just bombs her audition so i don't know how she mm -hmm. made it to the second round except maybe it's just because she's cute you know i 
I think it's literally because she's cute because like when the next stage of it is like we're going to have like these five women that we've picked and then there's going to be like an audience voting and there's like this little wheel and if you pass then you go on to like the actual full auditions with the idol yeah and so it's like an audience um, approval rating so you have to meet like a certain audience approval rate or um in order to pass it yeah so everybody fail so like the first two or three girls like go up and they fail and minako is backstage waiting for her turn and she meets the idol and he's really cool and mature about it like he's like i don't like i want to basically like i want to diversify my profile so i'm not just known for like this one thing and essentially it's just like i understand like the realities of the life that i'm living and he's really kind to her even if he doesn't have to be and, like, Mimet is, like, freaking out because she's, like, if I get this part, if I pass this part and I go to the auditions and I, like, work with him, like, how can I, you know, take his heart? Because then I won't, you know, like, I'm going to be working with him. And she struggles a lot. And she's, like, okay, I'm just going to betray the Deathbusters. Yeah, she's ready to uh, throw away always... the five. Yeah, she's, she's doing this all at work before, like, the next day of, like, the auditions. And she's, like, well, I was never good at doing evil things anyway. And then, like, it shows in the background, like, a memorial picture of Udiel. Yeah, <laughs> to remind her us that her. Mimet killed Yeah. <laughs> to remind uh-huh. us that Mimet killed her. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, All of this, like, when we have, like, the voting, like, it's all clearly staged where it's just, like, we're going to have, like, public auditions, but it's very much, like... We're going to have this whole thing, but, like, we have an actress in mind for this. Or, like, we have real people, like, waiting in the wings that are going to audition for this. But we're going to do, like, a public thing for publicity. Because the audience votes. And, like, people get close. Like, Minako gets close, but it doesn't happen. And Minako's like, well, oh, well. And Mimet, like, passes. It gets into the blue. And she's like, yes! And then it falls. And it's like, oh, well, looks like none of you passed the audience voting. So it's like, okay, this was rigged and it was never going to happen. Um, because she didn't win, Mimet's like, all right, it's time to take his heart. And she summons the daimon Utahime. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, Uta means song and Hime means princess. So I'm like, song princess? And so I looked it up and it actually means like a songstress. Ah, okay. So, (laughs) so I really liked it. It was really cute. Utahime does no attacks because her attack is her song and she forgot the words. It's amazing. Like, Mimet does, like, Charm Buster instead of, like, Fire Buster, like, Udiel does to, like, attack. And she's, like, yelling at the Daimon to, like, do something. And she's like, I don't remember the words to my song. Um, anyway, stuff happens. Rainbow Mood Heartache. Utahima dies. Pluto does some more info dumps. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, there's not a lot that actually happens in that episode significant it's it's um it's fun because it's a minako episode uh which minako's episodes are fun ones um but -hmm. it doesn't do a lot to progress the plot yet we're we're i mean once you get away from the season um midpoint the season finale and like the the later episodes there's there's always a lot of fill you know yeah, and which is really weird because then, like, t- at the end of the season, it always feels like they're rushing to get through all of the plot points. So it's just yeah. like, you had all of this time. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they, anyway. but they only, they can only do so many two part episodes, though, you know? And everything else I s- is going to be, like, split up and thrown on TV in whatever order. Right. And, like, this is the 90s. So, like, if you missed an episode, you missed an episode. And so you had to be able to kind of, like, 
follow along what was happening yeah. when you started ne- when you managed to catch it the next week. Yeah. And so uh I think that's something that a lot of people maybe fail to realize where they're like, old T V shows don't have like this thing and it's like because people couldn't record. You know? Not every not everyone had a VCR and if they did, not everyone had blank tapes that they could record on. You know? Like right. it just wasn't possible. You couldn't just look it up later. You couldn't buy like the whole series on cassette. Like you watched it when it aired and that was it. And I think that's why it also made sense to have so many episodes that are essentially the same. Because you catch it at any point. You know, you catch the season finale. You you catch the, the opening of each season. But in between, you might only catch a few episodes of these non-essential, you know, ones. And so you get the basic gist. You get the gist of what's going on because these episodes are very similar. So if you miss one, it's not a big deal. You You get what's going on, you know? And that's why, yeah. like, at the beginning and end of each episode, you'll have some of the same stuff. You'll have, like, the, the bad guys sitting there establishing what their goal is, you know? Mm-hmm. And the heroes, yeah. the heroes um, talking about what they're doing. But yeah, you have, like, almost every episode has, like, the bad guys doing a little mini dialogue of just exposition, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I trust that you will blah, blah, blah today. Of course, Master, mm-hmm. I will blah, blah, blah today. Okay. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that's not something that we have to deal with in the modern day because it's just, like, missed last week's episode. Okay, here it is on, like, five different streaming sites. It's less pirating. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. there are options. Yeah, but the episode we get more, uh, next episode we get more Hotaru, which is fun. Yes, we get, um... I'm look. I'm so glad Hotaru is finally shut. <laughs> yeah, episode one. I'm so glad. It's I'm just like at last plot. <laughs> yes, it, it took so long for us to get her. So we we I know. we kind of start off. Do we start off with flashbacks? Right. We start with some. No, we start. Huh? No, we, we start, start off with Setsuna in the in like next on a fountain talking to Chibiusa. Chibiusa's like, does this mean we can see each other all the time now? Oh Before yeah. Before it wasn't allowed because she was guarding the time gate. Yeah. So Chibius is like, well, we're friends, and I want to see you more often. And it's really sweet. And, said, you know, like, Setsuna is like, you know, your mom sent you back in time so you can learn important skills. And Chibius is like, okay, but, like, I, I want to see you. And Setsuna's like, of course. Like, you know, they still love each other. It's really cute. And then Chibiusa runs off, and then Haruka and Michiru show up. And, like, Haruka teases Setsuna about, like, Chibiusa really liking her. And Setsuna, like, shuts her down. Yeah. It's pretty great. Immediately. So as soon as, like, don't talk shit about my princess. It's like, like you don't know. It's about time there's an adult in the room with Haruka. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Fudo just absolutely, like, shuts it down. And then Haruka's like, who would have thought, like, this that little kid is the future princess of the world? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So at this point, we now know, like, Fudo has told them, like, here's what your purpose is. <laughs> it's yeah. outer senshi. Um... And then Pluto's like, we have to find the Holy Messiah, and we have to kill the Messiah of Silence, and so this is where it's it's kind of like, I thought Pluto knew more than she did, but okay, whatever. Um, so we have the kill Hotaru plot, but without them actually knowing that they have to kill Hotaru specifically. Yeah, yeah. They know they need to destroy the, um, the Messiah of Silence. Whoever that might be, who knows? Yeah. Um, we get some scenes with Mimet over this actor guy. There's another actor guy. It I don't care. It doesn't matter that like the the target of this week doesn't matter. That's like this. <laughs> that's like the C plot. There's other things going yeah. on. 
Primar- but, primarily like, the, way- the story in this episode is between Chibiusa and Hotaru. Yeah, but like the way we met was acting reminded me of a work colleague that I hate because they're useless. <laughs> so I just sat there and I was like, oh, that's that's who you are. Former, former so co-worker, from- <laughs> right? Almost, almost, almost in two days of this recording. Yay! Escape, be free. Anyways. <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway, that was just a thing that I wanted to mention where it's just like, oh, you remind me of this person that I hate. Uh, but I love Maymet because she's ridiculous and I hate this person because I have to deal with them in real life. <laughs> anyway, we have like evil Hotaru moment with Professor Tomoe saying they need pure hearts. Uh, Chibiusa shows up at Hotaru's house to play. Kaori turns her away at the door and uh, Chibiusa is sad because Kaori is like, Hotaru needs to rest. She's sick stop showing up and she'd be used to sad about it because she's like am i like am i imposing am i making her sicker by wanting to hang out and hotaru comes out realizes that kaori has turned chibiusa away and is like i hate she you is and pissed. runs out yeah. after her you're not my mom oh my gosh and so like hotaru runs after chibiusa they meet but because she's exerted herself so much she basically collapses and chibiusa's crying and at this point like usagi and ami are passing by and uh, Chibiusa, again, is, like, freaking out because, like, Hotaru is, is unconscious. She's completely passed out. And Ami's, like, puts her hand on her shoulder, completely takes charge. And she's like, my mom's hospital is really near. We'll take her there. We'll take care of her. Yeah, and it's really nice to see Ami step up like that because I feel like all we've seen is her in a homework mode, you know? And it's nice. Oh, thank God. Thank you for showing us Ami's compassion nice mm-hmm. you know and also Ami he, is a whole person yeah and also hear like oh yeah she has a family she has a mom her mom has an occupation this character is a human being not just you know a caricature of somebody who studies all the time even though that's how she right. used him of the series it, they don't do much with this but they do take hotaru to the hospital though we don't get to see ami's mom which i was like oh my god wait are we gonna get to see her mom but no no. no, we never meet anybody's parents except for Usagi's parents, and like after our, like they don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's not true. I think we see them a we see them like a couple times, but like honestly, they stop appearing because why pay extra voice actors and spend time animating more characters? Yeah. So, like, I understand it from a budgetary point of view. Anyway, Chibius is really upset in the room because she's worried that her. That she's making Hatari sick by, like, wanting to hang out with her and play. And Usaki is so nice to her. Mm-hmm. She's really sweet. She's re- she reassures her. She's like, Hatari cares about you. Like, you being friends with her is good. You know, like, Hotaru is not going to be mad at you for this. Like, this is... It's fine. It's going to be okay. We're here in the hospital. Hotaru is going to be fine. Like, You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The whole reason she ran after you is because she cares about you. Because she's your friend. She wants you there in her life. And yeah, Chibiusa is having this crisis of, you know, she's hurt because of me. This is because of me. Maybe I am bad to have in her life, you know. Yeah. And, um, God, relatable. <laughs> right? <laughs> And then we go into Hataru's mind because she's having nightmares and it's flashbacks to her previous life where uh, she's crying over, she's like, who killed my goldfish? And like, Kaori's there and she's like, you did this to, you did this to yourself. Like, you took the fish out of the bowl and killed it. And she's like, I don't remember doing that. And then her 
in school and like they're they're being a classmate with like his head bandage and she's like what happened are you okay and like everybody kind of like flinches back from her and it's just like how can you ask that when you're the one who did it and she's like crying on her father's lap saying like people are saying i'm doing all of these terrible things and i don't remember it's like there's something it's like there's someone else inside of me yeah and i i want to clarify you said in her previous life you just mean in the past because um I want to make yes, the clarification. Sorry. Did I say previous life? You, you did. You did, which is very confusing <laughs> oh, yeah. to Sailor Moon because they have past lives. But yeah, she just means mm-hmm. in, in you, you in her in her past prior prior to yeah. meeting Chibiusa. Yeah, in her earlier childhood. Yeah, she does eventually wake up, and Chibiusa and Hitari leave the hospital together. Chibiusa is going to take her home, and Haruka drives up and is like, "Hey, you guys want to ride?" And they both get in, and I'm mentally like Hitari. <laughs> Um, Hotaru, <laughs> no. yeah, Hotaru, though, we, she does mention, so I thought this was significant. She doesn't stay and get checked out by the doctor. She s- specifically says that she was told not to let other doctors see her. They've got, and she, she's like, mm. you know, we have our own doctor. They don't want me to see other doctors. So I'm just going to go ahead and go on home. Cause like, Ami's like, well, stay and still get checked out. And she's like, no, I I can't. I'm fine. This happens all the time, you know. But um, Mm -hmm. I think we kind of get our first teaser there that there's more to her than she seems um, medically, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyways, so so back to Haruka. Anyways, it's fine. Haruka pulls up, gives them a ride, and immediately senses there's something off with Hotaru, even though all that's happening in the backseat is, like, Chibiusa and Hotaru being, like, cute and friendly. Um, and then she stops the car because she senses a daimon because, again, Mima is attacking some actor in a park. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's attacking an actor with a daimon. Um, and Haruka stops the car and she's like, uh, you guys wait here. I'll be right back. And Chibisa's like, oh, she's running off because she knows that Haruka Sailor Uranus. She's like, mm, I have to go with her. So she tells Hataru to stay in the car. Uh, she'll be, you know, she's, she's just gonna go with her. And so we get Sailor Uranus and Sailor Chippy Moon. And the daimon for the day is U Tomodachi, uh, which is, <laughs> Tomodachi means friend in Japanese. And it's like, it's dressed like, uh, like a little Japanese kid at daycare with like the little yellow hat and like the blue little top. It's, it's, it's pretty it, cute. Like, it has a, it has a jump rope. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and he just wants Chibisa to be friends. on the way, like, yeah, Chibisa on the way, like, calls the other senshi saying, like, there's a daimon, you know, someone's being attacked. I don't think, like, everybody shows up. Um, it's funny because, like, it's just Uranus, and then Chibisa shows up and is like, "All right, we're gonna, we're gonna fight." And Uranus is like, "I don't know why you're here." <laughs> Chibisa is like, "I'm trying to help," and Uranus is like, "Are you?" <laughs> Uh, the inners arrive. I don't think the actor guy ever actually gets his heart crystal taken. I don't know. Do you? I, I, I don't, I, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> so, again, it's really just not a significant part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's not important. Mimet's like, anyway, I'll leave this up to you, Utomadachi. And Utomadachi's like, I don't want to deal with this. And so she runs off, like, jump roping all the way. And then Chibi Moon's like, oh my god, like she's going in the direction of Hotaru. And so they all run after Utomodachi. And Utomodachi's like going really fast. And see, like Hotaru has 
gotten out of the car, but she's like collapsed and holding onto the car door um, and holding her chest. And you tell me that she's screaming at her to get out of the way. And then this mysterious power comes out of Hotaru and blasts this daimon. Yeah. And Uranus, because she's the fastest runner, is the only person who sees this. Um, and so the others catch up and um, Hotaru, like Chibisa is detransformed. She goes up to Hotaru. She's like, you know, obviously concerned. And Hotaru is like, I don't know what's wrong with me. You shouldn't be close to me. You shouldn't be my friend. Like, you sh- you know, w- you shouldn't be near me. Like, I'm going to hurt you and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, And she leaves. And then Uranus detransforms. And for like a whole second, we just see her entire naked back. <sighs> like, her back, her butt, her, like, all of it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Before she, like, is in her civilian clothes of, like, a full suit. And I'm just like, did I just see, like, a whole naked senshi right now? <laughs> like, what is happening? Her transformation glitched. Um, it was, it was a lot. Um, she had an anyway, she turns, she, Hotaru has left and, like, uh, Haruka turns to the others and she's like, you shouldn't let Chibisa be friends with Hotaru, there's something wrong with her, and then drives off. And so the others are like, uh, we have taken your advice and decided to throw it out because they just encouraged Chibisa to be Hotaru. Right, because it's like, I know, okay, okay, Haruka, I know you get off on being cryptic and mysterious, but if you don't give any more explanation, they're not going to be like, hey, Chibiusa, this little girl who has trouble making friends, yeah, you can't be friends with this girl and we don't know why. But you can't see her anymore. Like, you're going right, to need to give message. more explanation for them to take it seriously. Right. Especially since you've been literally wrong about everything so far. I'm sorry, your credibility? Gone. You know? You've been wrong about everything. You've been incredibly antagonistic. You literally don't know your whole mission as a senshi. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I wouldn't take your advice either. Yeah. So, yeah. So, not surprisingly, they choose not to isolate Chibiusa. And, um, uh, yeah. And that that's pretty much where the episode ends is at this point. That's Are there it. any more little details? Because sometimes they have little extra um, scenes that I always forget. You know, <laughs> Not that I can think of. I think a cut most... I mean, I think the only scenes that we're missing are just, like, anything to do with the actor. Like, whatever Mimet's flavor of the week is, but he's not important. He's not important. He's fine. Again, it's just... I mean, we. it's just, not even the first actor she's gone after. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's just, like, he's just whatever we need to get Utamadachi. I will say it's... Um, a little refreshing. Like throughout the series, the, the primary target of the bad guys have been women. Like sometimes they'll have guys or girls, but like a lot of time it's women. And going forward, there's a lot of times where they just target women. So we have this all like, of Super S. It's just ladies. Yeah. So we have this swath of time where they're inventing a bunch of dudes to go after. So it's like, eh, okay. Yeah, the the targets in S has been more egalitarian. Like, right. everybody can have a pure heart. It's not just women. Yeah, but Mimet specifically is like, <laughs> my crushes specifically, you know? <laughs> so. Mimet is a problematic straight. Yeah, she, yeah, she <laughs> is. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, it's fun. We'll, we'll have fun with her. I, I don't know how much longer we'll have her. We'll see. 
I think we have her for a couple more episodes because we've got to head into Vilui territory. Ah. And then Telu. And then we have we still haven't touched Cyprene. Uh-huh. So, who knows? I don't know how long we're going to have any of them, but it's not going to be for long. Right, right. We should be going through them now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm a little confused as to why uh, Kaolinite is there. Like, I knew why she was still there. Yeah. Like, in the manga, it made sense because she hadn't died yet. But in the anime, I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder how they're going to pull... Like, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how they're going to pull off Hotaru's home life now that um, Kaori is gone. But, like, she's still there. <laughs> so I was... She's just there. She's just there. And I wonder if they'll explain that or not. Maybe she's a robot. Oh, I bet she's a robot. I hope so. I hope we get an explanation. I mean, I'm sure we do. It's probably in the next... It's going to be in the next 12 episodes. She's so a robot. we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. All righty. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or contact us through email at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us or... Skinny go out there. Oh, she's up.